Welcome to today's episode of Juice and the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Tracy. And I am Corwin Heller. And uh, welcome to the show. It is, as you're listening to this, it's Thursday, but we're recording this on Wednesday, September 21st. Do you remember? The fucking elements, bro. Um, yeah, it is about 6.20 here on the East Coast. Uh, we are recording this in a mad dash to get this done before the Yankees game starts so that I can, and if Corbin so chooses, he can also witness history as Aaron Judge is going for the uh, a tying of the AL record in home runs. Um, since yesterday, in a dramatic ninth inning, or at least what would eventually become one of the following at bat for him, Aaron Judge knocked in his first, uh, his sorry, his 60th home run of the year, which makes it the first 60 home run season since 2001. Who did it then? Fuck you. Big Barry. Big Barry. Uh, yeah, when Barry Bonds knocked in a casual, no big deal, 73. <laughs> um, that's it. He has a towering 20 home run lead over the number two guy in home runs, which is in this instance right now is National League's Kyle Schwarber sitting at 40. And a so year where offense is down as, as a whole. Um, which also just makes this look stupid. Um, really, really stupid. Corwin, you know, we've been talking all year about how he's been on pace to, to break the record. And it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, and the Yankees were on pace to win 120 something games. Like life happens. People get hurt and miss two weeks of the season. And that's enough for it to not happen. But, Judge was healthy all year. Um, and his worst stretch, I know we looked into it the other day, but I think his worst stretch of hitting was ten, nine, ten games without hitting a home run. I think that was about it. Um, I mean, this has been he leads all of baseball in run scored home runs rbis on base slugging ops ops plus total bases and leads the american league in walks and batting average so oh yeah he's also positioned for the triple crown that his 60th home run of the season put him in position to be the triple crown winner that's the hit that did it is it so I know for home runs and RBI, he's got a, a sizable chunk. I don't expect anyone to touch him. Where is he for batting average? So as we discussed uh, just a couple, I think actually last episode since we missed the Monday episode because with the NFL season, it's a little bit harder. Um, but he was three spots back. Uh, it was Luis Arias, um Xander Bogarts, and then our our boy, uh, Aaron Judge. He is currently one point above Bogarts and two points above Arias. So we're talking the difference of one game's worth of, of hits. That's really close. Right. Now, that I mean, that's really... What it really comes down to is can, can Judge maintain... But now we're talking about maintaining for li- literally just two weeks. We're not talking about maintaining for a month, two months, three months. We're talking about 15 baseball games. Can Aaron Judge maintain the hits quantity clip that he's been at? Not even the home run clip uh, since he's been batting, I think, like 378 since the All-Star game. I think he's batting close to 500 this month. I have to try to look that up again. Um, but, Stupid. yeah. I mean, this is one of the stupidest months of baseball I've ever witnessed from an individual player. This is this is disgusting. This is gross. Um, yeah, he's batting. Sorry, just real quick. He's batting four seventy five in the month of September. That is his average. Um, (laughs) Like, man, what do you say about that? What are his plus numbers, seeing as it is a down year? 
uh, for these splits or just in general? Just in general. Uh, OPS plus is 214. Wow. Yeah. Um, there is a slight war discrepancy as Judge has amassed um, a paltry uh, 9.7 war per baseball references war, but a 10.5 war per fan graphs war. Um, so there is something of a discrepancy, Aaron, which means that Aaron Judge, though, is within spitting distance of an 11 war season. Uh, going by fan graphs um, with 15 games to go and just a half war left to amass. Um, I mean, really, this is, this is, it's a season we're not liable to see again for a while. This is a bond season. Hmm. Aaron judges current two fourteen OPS plus, um, would be the fifth best of Bond's career. A, a top five Barry Bond season is Aaron Judge today, which is nuts. Can you repeat that? Aaron Judge's 214 OPS plus would be Aaron would be Barry Bond's fifth best season. Correct. So it, this year for Judge is quite literally a top five Bonds year. Also, something I've never noticed, shout outs to the MVP voters for Barry Bonds because his top six seasons, he won MVP in all of them. How rare it feels by OPS Plus, how rare it feels to see someone actually like get the award every year they have truly deserved it. Do you know what the um the pace that Barry Bonds was on at this point in the season uh the year he hit 73 um no but let me find out all right i figured it out um Barry Bonds through his first 143 games of the 2001 season had 67 home runs Whoa. Okay. So that's not, I was thinking maybe it would be off by one or two stuff that you could choke or, you know, throw up to just being like, Oh, one of those robberies, one of those pulls for foul ball, all of those things add up to a perfect 73 home run season. But, but apparently it's, it's more than just that. It is a genuine next level. Yeah. I mean, that means for the last nine games of Barry Bonds, 2001 campaign um the last probably I'll, I'll go ahead and extrapolate out also relatively 15 games of the team season since bonds only played 153 games of, of the year and aaron judge will probably be playing about the same number of games maybe slightly more um he only hit six more home runs in those last nine games played so uh judge right now has 15 games if he plays all of his team's games which I, I mean, it's a home run a game pace. Um, right now, he's at a home run every other game pace since the uh, since the All Star break um, in the month of September. With 16 games played, he has hit nine home runs. So also still pretty much one home run every other game. So yeah, he'd have to you have to be hitting home runs at an even a more insane clip than he already is. And it already feels pretty nuts. So yeah, I can't imagine that. But I, I mean, all right. So I, I hate to bring this up every time we talk about a judge achievement, but it at this point where we are now, judge has to be your MVP too, right? This is one of the best offensive seasons a position player has ever had and very likely the best of our lifetime. Um, no, fuck you. That means yes. No, I, I'm not here to fight. That's fine. Bitch. <laughs> Bitch. 
I mean, it is hilarious that these are the two seasons going up against each other, which is Shohei Otani's stupid. I do this every year. Fuck you season, um, which is always good. And Judge is trying to break it by, oh, oops, accidentally having one of the best seasons of post-integration baseball history. But uh, such a privilege to get that, both of those things, plus like the Pujol 700 career home run chase, plus Miggy's 3,000th hit earlier this year i mean plus this was Derek jeter's hall of fame induction year like this has been a crazy year for baseball uh the mariners the mariners are probably going to go to the postseason this year for the first time since like 2001 this has been a nuts year for baseball who what or sorry what do you uh what chances do you give Judge breaking 62, Pujols breaking 700, or neither breaking either? I say both break within the next week. I mean, we're talking, for, for both of them, we're talking one really good game. Judge hitting 62 home runs would require him, he could do it tonight, with just a two home run game, which he's had 11 of 12 of this year alone. So yeah, he could absolutely do it. Um, and then for Pujols, he's at 699, 698, 698. So yeah, he is also a two home run game away of which he has had certainly less, but has still had plenty of through, well, not plenty. He's had a couple of this year. Um, let me just see real quick. He's had three multi-home run games this season. This 45-year-old degenerate man. No, he is younger than that. He's 42 and a very nice guy for all accounts. Um, has Frankly, hit... if you didn't correct yourself, I don't know how many people would have noticed. That's the thing. I, I made the age too close to his actual age in my 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 joking. But uh, like he he he's done it three other times this year. To say that he couldn't do it one more time, he certainly can. So I, I say, well, now what would be amazing could you imagine could you imagine both do it tonight could you imagine judge and Pujols hitting those milestones in the same evening um imagine judge has a two home run game to break the al home run record at the same time they're in the same 24 hours the same the same three hours as Pujols hits a two home run game to get to 700 career home runs the only reason I think it actually is very possible uh, it's because they play the Padres tonight so it's almost guaranteed to happen tonight though that's um that's a good point I uh, I, I thought the same thing um about judge collecting home run number 60 last night when I saw that we were playing the pirates, I was like, ah, well, he's getting 60 tonight. Yeah. Easy peasy. Yeah. I would be more surprised if, uh, if he didn't. That's why I know there's a lot of, um, a lot of stress about the Apple TV game on Friday, uh, you know, in regards to whether or not, um, that game should be there, which I guess we could talk about real quick too. Um, because you know, what if he breaks the home run record that night, but I'm looking at us, I'm looking at this Yankees team playing the Pirates tonight. Like, ooh, baby, I don't think we have to worry. I don't think we have to think that far down the road. This is clearly not something we need to plan for. Like, you know how you you look at the beginning of the season, or at least, you know, Albert Pujols, maybe he has a chance to break 700. When do you think he'll be able to do it? Let's try and get tickets around then and see if we do it. No, we're past that point. It's you buy tickets tonight. Yeah. Especially for, and we talked about this a little bit. I'm going to be curious to see it uh, in person. The idea of whether whether or not and when, if you do it, do you start grooving pitches to players on the cusp of greatness? And if there was a team and if there was a time, it would be the Pirates who are bad and playing for nothing. And it would be tonight on their last game in town uh, in a game that is wildly inconsequential to them. Now that again, the main issue being those pitches have to be delivered by major league baseball players who are trying to stay in the major leagues um, and giving up home runs is an art in 
ultimately bad for them. Like it, it is invariably tougher for them to stay in the majors the more home runs they give up. But you got to wonder. Uh, I've seen clips and interviews with a handful of players, all of whom have said, like, yeah, like I'm not going to like give it to them. Like, I'm like, we're professional athletes. Like, competition is literally what we do. We're not just going to like give up milestones. We don't want those to happen against us. Like, sure, it's great if Albert got that, but I don't want to be the guy on the other end of that statistic. Are there guys out there who I'm sure like, yeah, I kind of do want to be on the other end. Like I'm nobody. If I throw that pitch, people are going to know who I am purely from seeing my replay on sports center. Sure. Yeah. I give up plenty of home runs. What's one more. Well, and that's the other tough part about it. Like, you know, um, did you watch the, um, the first at bat for Wayno Yachty breaking the record for battery? No. The, the first at-bat against the Brewers was against Christian Yelich. And Yelich not only did not take the bat off of his shoulder, he made no attempt to pretend like he was going to do anything in that at-bat and let himself get struck out. Mm. And it was very, very nice. But the thing to consider is, one, it is so much easier to tell that someone is has no intention of swinging than it yeah. is to tell that a pitcher is grooving a pitch. Because even to groove a pitch in today's baseball means that you're throwing that pitch what, 90, 92 down the gut, which is a strike, which is not necessarily what you're supposed to do, but looks enough like what you're supposed to do that you're probably not going to get credit for being a good guy for doing it for most fans. Right. Like there is a one, two, three percent difference from where that pitch is versus where it would supposed to be versus a guy standing there not moving when the act of swinging is a very noticeable affair. And just to compound on that, um, Christian like Yelich, uh, and, and that's what we love, baby. Uh, Christian Yelich has struck out 146 times this year, which isn't even like a lot in today's baseball either. Like, it's a it's a good number, but those are just starting player numbers at this point. Right. So, I mean, I'm I could find for you the number of home runs the person in MLB who was allowed with the most home runs has given up, uh, but I can tell you right off the fucking bat, nowhere near 146, which means that that act of you know that chivalrous act of allowing yourself to get struck out also has it's like getting. Uh, a parking ticket when you're a regular guy versus a, a millionaire. Right. Uh, like, yeah, I, a parking ticket when you have no money and you're a college student or you're, you're working a, a minimum wage job, that 35 to, to 80 bucks could be a whole bunch of money. If you're a millionaire, that shit's nothing. Yeah, no. Uh, Elon Musk paying a $15 speeding ticket is probably something he would be in incredibly angry about even touching his desk <laughs> the time he loses from someone saying hey you got a parking ticket is already a significant loss of money that eclipses the number of the parking ticket by the way for reference uh, uh john gray 37 starting pitcher yeah 37 Trying to suck any dick on the way to the parking lot. John Gray. <laughs> hey, get back here. If you don't understand the reference, you're a bad. You have not embraced Andrew's culture me, enough. It took me a solid couple of seconds to get what you were trying to say. 36. Uh, John 36? Gray. Does that include me? 37. 37? Sorry. <laughs> You're saying really 37. He's 30. No, no, no. John Gray has allowed 37 oh. home runs. Oh, I heard you say John Gray 37. And was yes, like, for the number there's of home no runs fucking allowed. way John Gray is 37. Like John Gray's 54. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually oh, sorry. A, a also, 
it's not John Gray. I completely glossed over the action, the, the, the team name after the initial it's Josiah Gray of Washington, not John Gray of Texas. So I was wrong on like multiple fronts. I don't know who Josiah Gray is. He was one of the pieces that got sent over in the uh, Max Scherzer, Trey Turner trade. So a useless, uh, useless person. That was no, really he- mean. I'm, I, I, I don't. Yes. I think he will improve, but it is looking rough so far. Um, anywho. Yeah, uh, the fact that the Yankees game is staying on Apple TV Plus, who the fuck cares? It, it's unfortunate if you're a guy like Michael Kay, who spent your entire career broadcasting the Yankees. You grew up a Yankees fan. You got the opportunity to be a beat writer covering the Yankees. Then you got the chance to do play-by-play on the radio for the Yankees. And now you do play-by-play for the Yankees on TV, on the Yankees owned uh, TV network. All that to finally get the chance to witness one of the all time great Yankee seasons and to break one of the all time, not just American league records, but an American league record that is held by a Yankee uh, and potentially not have that call. That would really suck especially since the Apple TV plus broadcast is bad. Um, but also do you, does anyone expect MLB front offices to move this game? Does anyone, does anyone expect MLB front offices to go against the interest of money? Uh, no. Uh, it's probably an MLB's front office best interest for that, that game to be on Apple TV plus to force people to figure out how to work that app. I'm not going to. No, you you're not. I don't but, care uh, enough. But a a 65 year old Yankees fan who desperately wants to see Judge hit that game, who's been indignant about not downloading the app, is probably going to force themselves to figure it the fuck out if they want to see that home run get hit. Do you think a 65 year old Yankees fan is capable of doing such a thing? But that's what I'm saying. I, don't. I think I think they would force themselves to call that child that they have that does not particularly like them very much. <laughs> to, to help figure out how to work the smart TV that they bought them that one year for Christmas. And they never really bothered to learn very much um, so that the, he can watch that game and then never talk to this child again. It's, it's the perfect relationship. We are talking about tri-state area, Italian families, Corwin, there's no depths that they will not trudge down into to watch the Yankees play baseball on a Thursday or Friday night. Um. God, I've been, I was trying, I I was trying to, to think of w- the meanest possible thing I could say, but I could not. Italian food's bad. I have been <laughs> to weddings when I worked as a wedding photographer. I've been to weddings where people wore Yankees jerseys. There is no depths to which the scumbag fan base will not delve into to watch this stupid team. My favorite team. But guys, it's not this deep. Touche, good sir. Touche. Um, final, I guess, question for now on the Aaron Judge home run business before we move into some football talks, since there's been significantly more discussion and or more things happening in football than there has been in MLB recently. Um, MLB, it, we're down the stretch. We're you know we're, we're approaching the end of the season, but not too much has shifted really so much. A lot of stagnation. So we'll just hold tight on that for a little bit. But uh, final topic on the Aaron Judge subject. Sure. You catch one of these next two home runs. Correct. What do you do? Sell it. To whom? And what is your starting price? The highest bidder. And I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea what that number would be. Uh, because it was, you know, disclosed that the fans that caught the uh, number sixty home run last night in the bleachers, or wherever it was that was uh, in the stadium, I kind of forget, gave it back to Judge for <laughs> quite literally the bucket of balls meme. Uh, I think a signed bat and a handful of signed balls for him and his friends, which. Bro, Buddy. I've seen so much less consequential home run balls being given back for so much more. I You let would, Aaron Judge fuck you. Yeah. No, I was literally going to say, like, I would ask for, like, an autographed dick pic because that's the one thing you can't get anywhere else. Let me put it in my mouth. 
So so that I yo Aaron Judge sign my balls. Josh, Josh. You just finished saying that there are no depths Italian families in this area would go. So then Judge Slice slotted that big biscadillo straight down my fucking gullet. (laughs) Ah, I'm not on. Do you how long do you think the line would be outside Yankee Stadium for fans to get free access into the outfield bleachers? But the entry requirements were chortling on Hal Steinbrenner's balls until completion. Oh, it's Hal's ball. You think Hal has that many loads in him? Um uh, Hal seems like the kind of guy who's very experienced in just letting loose I, multiple I, times. I, I think it's a pretty long fucking line. Do you think it reaches McDonald's? <laughs> I think it wraps around McDonald's. And you know what? I uh, bet it's a lot of straight dudes who are like, fuck it, bro. It's my goddamn Yankees. I'm a bleacher creature. I've been a bleacher <laughs> creature since 1983. I'm not missing a fucking game. Gotta suck some old man balls. I've done worse for a fix back in 82. All right? I do what I gotta do. I'm a bleacher creature. Emphasis on the creature, buddy. I am I Put stuff in your ass and put stuff in your nose. I mean, you know how it goes. I don't want to play anymore, you guys. This is the BX. I've know. been here since 82. I don't want to do it. I've done things. I don't want to do it. Hi. All right, we're done. <laughs> You uh you turned into Chris Moltisanti from uh from Listen T. The Sopranos, Jesus. Look, T. They got the owner down there offering people to suck his balls for tickets to the game. Now why people are doing it when you can buy them on StubHub, I don't know. But they're doing it, T. Yeah, I would um I I would offer it back to Judge at a discount. But that's still I'm I'm at, I'm starting what, at a what million. Would it, wow, that's a lot of money. I don't think Aaron Judge pays a million dollars for that baseball. All right, then he doesn't have to. Because <laughs> you know what? Some some fucking moron spent how much money? How much money did did that guy spend on time? You know why? You know why he wouldn't spend a million dollars on it? Because it's not number sixty two. But it is sixty six zero. Right, but, but, but he's going to hit four more. Well, who uh, forgot it then? Number sixty-two. Sixty-two, the, I the catch. Ultimate ball. The sixty-two, final I ball. catch. I, I'm. I'll, I'll offer it back to Madam. Because you know what? If I put that shit to, over to auction, if I take that shit down to Sotheby's, um, that shit's going to sell. I mean, we just we see baseball cards that tie back to nothing, getting sold for eight, ten, twelve million dollars a clip, just because they're old. They're not even. It's not even like. The Honus Wagner baseball card, which was slid between the ass cheeks of Honus Wagner. He rounded third base in his best season. Like, no, it, it's just here's a baseball card that's very old. And there's Honus Wagner. I mean, if we're talking the the home run ball that Aaron Judge hits to break the AL record in today's economy. Um, you're probably getting another good 10, 20 mil for that shit. And look. We can talk about generational wealth all, 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 you know, throughout the day when it comes to players signing big multi hundred million dollar contracts. But for a regular fucking dude, ten million dollars, you're posted up good. You let's can't quit say, your job for life, but you're posted up good. Let's say for some reason something happens to Aaron Judge and the Yankees, and your only option is an offer that the Yankees give to you. Which is, hey, you can go sell that ball at auction for all the money you want. We can't give you cold, hard cash. But what we will do. We can give you house bucks. (laughs) Shroot Nichols. uh, Stanley Nichols. Um, We will sign you to a legitimate, full-on contract for whatever the minimum is for the MLB. I know like NBA has like 10 day contracts, but we will sign you to a contract for the rest of the season. You'll be on our 40 man roster. We'll call you up. You'll play active games in MLB. You'll get at least one game starting. You will get 
four at bats, however long the game goes, you can say to people, you are an MLB ball player, but you only get the bullshit money from a minimum level contract. Which that would still be like $700,000 a year. What? Well, it's prorated for the rest of the season. It would not be much. It's probably like, again, still more no. than you make this year, but. You know what would be better? You know what I think I actually might take is if they said, all right, once a year. <laughs> once a year, we're going to call you up to be on the roster on the 26th man. Uh, you don't have to play a game. You can ride the bench that day. Or we're going to call you up to be on the team once a year for 10 years. That way you qualify. For for MLB players, lifetime pension and insurance, and you get the free ticket for life. I would do that. Because then I'd be like, yeah, all right. So prorated vet minimum for a day, whatever. I don't have to work anymore. I can retire. If it's it's, uh, $750,000, I know I've done this math so many times, but I don't know. So that one game would be paying would pay me forty six that forty six hundred dollars forty six hundred dollars for that one game so forty six thousand and that was like holy what the uh, yeah fuck? no 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 that'd be great though so forty five hundred but you know so like I don't know two grand after taxes who the fuck knows so the money is whatever it's I'll take a day off of work and I'm getting paid twice what who cares uh, yeah dude that's stupid money I'll take that happily for just for one game a year yeah one game but then after that. You get that. I probably wouldn't even have to take a day. They would be like, you know what? Go do it. We'll let you do this and get paid for it. Hell yeah. Yeah, put me on TV. Um, that that I would consider. But even then, the million dollars of upfront cash, the ten million dollars of upfront cash sounds significantly better. You know what? You know what it would be smart though? You could probably sell some serious fucking ad money. Like you, you could sell some serious ads for you to wear, like whatever stupid fucking shirt somebody somebody wants you to wear, your undershirt. Like you know that one day every year, everyone on Sports Center, every sports talk show is going to be talking about like fucking Josh is back up to the bigs. This is his weekend. He's getting it. He doesn't fit in that and, uniform. And like it's he just used like to. you will get so much ad time for whatever company chooses to sponsor you you could make out like a bandit for those 10 years as well what number would you wear uh my head immediately jumped to 69 because i'm a fucking child uh 13 my my head immediately jumped to a nonsense number to add ridiculousness to the situation so i thought eight and a half (laughs) just wear a question mark i was thinking either like triple digits or a fraction (laughs) <laughs> you know like lean into the blurns ball esque nature of this there's joshua number eight and a half technically eight is nine are both retired but i guess meeting in the middle is fair game where where both wear two jerseys but like one's a crop Imagine top it was a and jersey. the other one And in a catastrophic series of events, we find ourselves in the ninth inning. The Yankees have used all their bench players. The only guy left to pinch hit is Josh Tracy, who they didn't even give pants to. (laughs) The just the unwritten rules surrounding this, where everyone in that clubhouse is pissed the fuck off. Like they had to DFA some veteran player to fit you on the roster because nobody had options. Instead, what they could do is they could only call me up during double headers. I could be the 27th man. <laughs> every double header. You are every the 27th header. man for every double header. Hey, Josh, but they're the so pissed off that, I that can't, they guys, signed. I got to go play a double header with the Yankees. Sorry. Go ahead. I got to fly to fucking Toronto. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I got to be in that Tampa. Um, they're so pissed off that they signed. But they they. They don't issue you any uniform, any apparel. It's just you showing up in like your own Yankees jersey, plus sweatpants. <laughs> I draw the and like on myself. Oh, <laughs> uh, what what if they just gave you like a plain white jersey, like no pinstripes, no logo, no number, no name, 
nothing. You are in a baseball uniform, but you get nothing. Josh is physically getting up for probably the first time in podcast history and returning with the exact thing I am talking about. How, how do you have that? You can't hear me, but how the fuck do you have that? How do you have that? What is that? I think I got it for like 10 bucks at like a, a thrift store, like six years ago or some stupid shit before I even moved in with Cal. Like it was forever ago um, for it was a visual reference for people who are not watching this. I have the exact jersey that Corwin described as ludicrous. It is a plain white jersey with no pinstripes, no name, no number just the a Yankees logo on the, the breast where it's supposed to be and nothing else. Have you ever that, worn it? Not once. I remember buying it at, at the time for again, like oh, five, ten bucks and thinking like, oh, this would be like a kooky fun thing to have. I'll wear it every now and then and it'll be funny. And then I, <laughs> I looked at it when I got home like this is the stupidest thing I've ever. What bought. size is it? Large. And it's majestic too. Like it, it, it is made by the former provider of MLB jerseys, Majestic. Like it's if a it, real jersey. If I fit in it, I would buy it off you. I will I like give it, it to you. I will give it to you Sold. for no money. Sold. Oh, speaking of Josh, since uh, I know nobody listens to this podcast, I figured I'll just tell you this now. I did look into your uh, birthday gift. The eBay seller canceled it. And I just deleted the, I just never read the email. It's like, yeah, I'm not sending. Oh, that. for my, I was gonna say, yeah. I thought you meant you looked inside the gift I gave you for your birthday, <laughs> and I was canceled. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Inside the cooler was Fox News. They canceled me. <laughs> it's Alex Jones in a little tube canceling me. Honestly, if I opened something up and it was just a miniature Alex Jones, I would be like, oh, this seems accurate. This seems right. This is how I should discover Alex Jones. It only makes sense. You know, it's funny because we had so little to talk about today that I was like, ah, it'll be nice and easy. We'll talk about both things. And now I almost. <laughs> what was the other thing? Uh, just football shit. And yeah. it's like almost time to go. So real quick, real quick. Uh, the Jets won on Sunday. Startling fashion. 3130 uh, against the Browns. Corwin Heller, did you watch the game? Uh, no, but I watched the highlights of your retiree at quarterback. A sh- shockingly good performance from the iron dick himself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing. Who's, because- whose dick is more impressive? Joe Flacco's iron dick or, uh, Rich Hill's dick mountain. Uh, I will take Henrik Lundqvist's giant schlong for a, a surprise third candidate. Does he? From, from, from what rumors have, have said, yes. I I have seen images of Teddy Bridgewater and Greg Norman who outside of Photoshop or incredible lighting and shadows have massive slongs. Henrik Lundqvist probably jumps to the top of that power ranking for sure. It, it's difficult to be a hall of one, like a top three hall of famer at your position. One of the best looking men in professional sports and yeah. also have a giant dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, that's the Greg Norman effect. Oh, also Greg Olson, uh, the former tight end who rapped about it in a song while attending the university of Miami. And uh, I'm paraphrasing, but something along the lines of uh, throwing my dick out the third floor and something to do with it touching the ground. <laughs> way to way to go, whichever white guy you just said that Watch was. I forgot Kyle Greg Rudolph? Olson. Greg Olson. Sorry, wrong white tight end. Uh, the U thirty for thirty documentary. It's the second one. Uh, you can feel free to go check my work, or just watch it because they're good documentaries. Um, yeah, the fact that the the Jets won on the back of a onside kick also feels incredibly stupid um i didn't even realize they did 
Yeah, yeah. When they they scored a super quick touchdown after the Browns went up thirty-one to, I, I guess it must have been. Uh, sorry, after the Browns went up uh, thirty-two. Uh, yes, I guess I guess seventeen. Um, the Jets scored a soup like I I don't remember exactly, but it must have been a, I think it was a single pass Flacco to Garrett Wilson running in for a touchdown. And then, you know, there's, we're talking under a minute left on the clock. So that's the point at which Braden Mann came out to try and attempt the onside kick. And it worked, which also feels, how often does that pan out? Never. Yeah. And that's one things I was, you know, just freaking out. Cal very disconcerned next to me. And I was like, you don't understand this never happens. She's like, that's great, babe. I'm like, they could lose the game. I'd still be happy because you never see these actually work. And she's like, that's great, babe. Um, and then I have them actually win the game on the back of that. It's just even more wild because Joe Flacco looked unstoppable. But that's one of the funny things about the Browns is the Browns, despite how good they get, how much hype they get, they turn in one of these performances every now and then, oftentimes against the Jets, where you're like, oh, are you even a team? Because this is bad. Oh, the New York Jets. Oh, the professional, the football team. Right, 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 right. I mean, I mean, the Browns turning into performance. You're like, oh my god, I th- thought we'd move past this. You're still doing this. I see. Um, they are and forever will be a franchise that lives in pur- purgatory. They will never succeed because it's just a foundational problem with them. And it's been that way for years. You know what is um was also amazing is that uh, Joe Flacco had uh, fewer passes last game than he did his first game and threw for more yards. Stats. Those are the stats. Um, no, so, Joe Flacco. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm got kind of turned around on myself. Joe Flacco uh, attempted 59 passes in Week One for 309 yards. Oh, sorry, it was a touch, uh, a couple fewer. The Jets as a team had more passing yards. I didn't watch a good chunk of the game because I was uh, busy having a social life. So uh, I don't know who would have thrown this other pass that. Um, uh, I guess Braden Man. Braden Man threw the other pass. Apparently, oh, I don't know. Um, our punter. But yeah, Joe Make Flacco. Fun? Hell yeah. Um, fifty-nine attempts, thirty-seven completions, sixty-two point seven one completion percent, three hundred nine yards, one touchdown, one interception. Quarterback rating of seventy-four point eight. This week, twenty-six for forty-four, a lower completion percent at fifty-nine, three hundred seven yards. So basically the same. Four touchdowns, no interceptions. Quarterback rating of one ten point seven. Your offensive coordinator. Uh, one of the Lafleurs. I forget which one. Mike, Mike? Lafleur. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. You uh, excited to get Zach Wilson back? Oh, I'm ready. I, I I'm very much so excited. It's it's fun winning a surprise game like this, but you also look at it going like, that's not happening twice. <laughs> what's it, the it, uh, What's the hope level with Wilson? I, I know, I know I'm asking so someone many with... games, so it's tough to even be like, ah, like after Darnold, uh, like his first season or two, like he had, uh, you know, a full season where you got to really see like some highs and be like, oh, OK, you know, if you can do that. We've seen some highs with Wilson, but like he's missed. He's going to have missed a decent amount of his games between last season and this season There's only two years in, in the NFL thus far. So when he was on last year, like he, he looked pretty fucking good, but he's been so constantly um, hurt or otherwise affected such that he can't play to the point where it's like, I show me 17 games, show me 15 games. I'm excited, but uh, I feel like I am falling for the, I just haven't seen him play and haven't heard any, major hype so therefore i will forget about him and cast some aside in my brain to never never land and hope is dwindling for those who 
are not focused on the name Zach Wilson. The really exciting thing at this point is uh, the man Garrett Wilson, who has been great so far. The tandem of him and Elijah Moore is, and, you know, Brees Hall are exciting. Apparently there is a wide receiver on our team named Jeff Smith. BYU. Really? No, it's an old Keen Peel skit. Oh. You know, uh, uh, Demeriquan for Sarah Eastern Methodist University, Dan Smith, BYU. Oh, uh, yeah. Jeff, Jeff Smith, first off, black. You wouldn't expect that. Um, also been on the team for four years, and I have no Whoa. idea who this is. I, I have no idea. Probably one of the things that probably helps with that is he has never had a touchdown. Um, I have no idea who this is. He went to Boston College, by the way. It's good to know. Yeah. If you're a wide receiver coming from Boston College, I sh- I'm never going to know who you are. Fuck out of here. Uh, how about your Steelers? How do they do? Play the Patriots. The defense looked strong, but clearly not at that elite tier one level without TJ Watt having to play a very different defensive scheme. Uh, we play a three, four, so three feet, three defensive linemen, four linebackers uh, were, you know, that's the standard. We usually play in a three, three, five. So three D linemen, three linebackers, five defensive backs. We ended up playing like a five, two, five, something fucking stupid, like one outside linebacker at all and just throwing a bunch of massive D linemen because we just don't have any depth that pass rusher so uh none of those numbers made sense but it wasn't a happy sight and then the offense came on the field and any hope that you had left just quickly was extinguished how is your your hope meter vis-a-vis uh fucking mitchell trubisky quickly dwindling uh i had a lot of hope going in I was a full supporter. I I had hope that the man was able to finally feel comfortable and succeed with good play calling and good weapons around him. And I didn't realize that players who were drafted out of the fucking Carolina School of the Blind were allowed to play in the NFL. Uh, he just he knows where the ball is supposed to go when they call the play. And that's going to be the guy he throws it to no matter what. It's so interesting because this is one of um, the so far for these first two games is one of the highest seasons he has in intended air yards per pass attempt, 7.9 yards puts it right behind his eight yard Mm -hmm. average per pass attempt in a, 2019 and then uh, his rookie year was 8.8 yards intended air yards per pass attempt uh completed though it's the second worst of his career yeah he's not five five flat that is just behind the um fistful of games he had last year in buffalo which was his worst season 4.3 uh five completed air yards um per completion which Mm. move that's just not gonna cut it He's not accurate throwing the ball down the field, or at least he has not been. And he hasn't like guys like Deontay Johnson aren't getting sent downfield. It's like, Hey, one-on-one chase Claypool go downfield or, you know, one of the other receivers. And it, it just ends up being like tight coverage where it just gets batted down rather than getting a guy who can create space and create separation despite it's it's a whole thing it's a whole thing yards uh sorry completed air yards per pass attempt 2.9 fuck which means if you 
let Trubisky pass the ball for your first three downs and he completed them, that wouldn't be enough yards if, for a first. Well, if you tackled the receive, if you gave up every completion and just tackled them immediately, you would never get a first down. Which is not, not fun. Not in this economy. Not in this economy. Bad economy. This is yeah. Um, how long until Kenny Pickett comes in? Uh, it's the Steelers, which means they're stubborn. So probably the week nine by. Right now, the Steelers are second in their division. Um, no team has two wins yet. Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and Baltimore all lost this week. Oh, and Cincy. So all all four teams lost this week. Woo. Um, so everyone is one and one except Cincy, who's owned two. And boy, howdy, do they not look good? Uh, it's obviously too early for anyone to truly be running away with their division, but there's some teams that look like they're certainly not giving it their all. Um, Tennessee weirdly fell uh, to own two. Jacksonville's on top of that division, which is startling. They Raiders, look the best, too. Ah, well, they that, that look like a team. Yeah. Jacksonville's the, the only team too. with a win. That's it. Um, the Raiders have also fallen to 0-2. Uh, Carolina and Atlanta are, are all 0-2. Uh, and then the NFC West and the NFC North hilariously are all 1-1. The entirety of those two divisions are 1-1. They are mass. good. Uh, let's see. Can 10 of those teams not win six games? Probably. Yeah, so we're sure on time to get like too far into anything football related right now because it is currently, as I'm speaking, 7:15, which means I have to go watch the Yankees because Aaron Judge leads off nowadays. Um, so fingers crossed that by the time you listen to this, he's already hit I don't know 68 home runs. Here's for the MLB's first eight home run game, <laughs> uh, and let's hope all of those home runs sell to the highest bidder at 20. How many games are left? 15 for the Yankees. He, he can hit 15 home runs. He can hit 20. Um, yeah, so anyway, we're, go- we're going to convene here. Uh, if you'd like to uh, follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at Juicing Pod. Like to follow Corwin on Twitter, you can do so at Corwin Hellett. You can follow myself on Twitter, you can do so at Joshua D. Tracy. Like to send emails to the show, you can do so at juicingthenumbers at gmail.com. And until Monday, I think we all have a good time. Uh,